All right. Oh, fuck. Let's do this. Welcome to Beer Plus Three, where we attempt to solve the world's problems one beer at a time. With me today is the salt to my pepper, the yin to my yang, the genital warts to my topical cream. It's Rick Anderson. <laughs> the warts. Okay. That's really a disturbing. I, <laughs> it started hey, off nice. Then it, went, a pot. then it went bad fast. Also, with us today is, of course, the only person that can cast magic missile into the darkness. It is Bree. I had my sassy pants on today, too. Ooh, sassy pants. Sassy pants. I'm going to call you sassy pants from here on out. Sassy pants. And back to the sassy pants for the weather. <gasps> it's going to rain. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I'm not quite hungover, but Jeff? I'm trying. And we are here. Plus three. Yay. Yay. Back to a weekly podcast, perhaps. Hopefully. Hopefully. We, we, we can try. Yeah. Absolutely. After spending 20 minutes scrolling around, we're finally starting. Yay! Yay. Yeah, yeah we, we squirrel a lot. Feels like and it's... I've finished my coffee. I figure if I finish my coffee, we can start. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time for beer. We're starting with uh, Pollux from Eclep- Ecliptic. 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 Fucking you have a God. So, with so but only on mic. Off word, mic, I can say it all day long. And make it an adjective. <laughs> eclipse. Ecliptic. Ecliptic. It's Ecliptic. like it's like you've uh, you've got stage fright with the with the name of that company. Stage yeah. fright with <laughs> ecliptic only. It's the only word in the English language that causes <laughs> you to grind to a halt. Yeah, pretty much. No, there's a lot of words that make it's you okay. Do that. I remember originally we were calling it elliptical. So I mean, we, we, we've improved. <laughs> ecliptic. Uh, how many beers had we had at that? No, point? I think we're calling um, it. I think my Liz Dextia it. kicks in every once in a while. I'm like, oh, that letter switched. Whoops. I think, I think we were calling it epileptic. Epileptic. Epileptic brewing. So now it's ecliptic. It's we so finally good got there. Send you into a seizure. Um, I don't think that's <laughs> appropriate. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I call it a good beer if that's what happens. Yeah, this is. Um, I I like this. Um, I would. I'm going to give this a three. I'm not like blown away by it. After all this time, you know, every we, this this beer has been ready for the last four episodes. I keep bringing it. We never yeah. quite get to it. And, so uh, finally, finally, how does it feel, it. Rick? It, oh, it feels great. <laughs> it feels great. It's to great to have finally, finally popped that cap and find out it was a solid three. <laughs> it know, was worth waiting for. It might be the the coffee in my in in my mouth as well. Yeah. I would give it a three point five. I yeah. actually kind of like it. I mean, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining. A, a three a three for me means I'm enjoying it, but it's not like blowing me out of my seat or yeah. anything it's just yeah but nothing blows out of your seat Rick. oh no yeah they're they come along from time to time but i save the fours and fives for the really important stuff for the oh. good stuff <laughs> the really good stuff but this isn't bad i mean i it's um you know it's had a lot worse much worse <laughs> <laughs> it's okay there's a review I've had that worse. every brewer wants to hear <laughs> I've had worse. The next uh, next run of these bottles is gonna have a big yellow starburst. It says, uh, "I've had worse." <laughs> Rick Anderson, <laughs> you know, I've, three three podcasts. I've actually I've done that on accident to a friend of mine. So one of my colleagues, he's a, he's a um, 
he's a pulp fiction writer, uh, pulp fiction mystery writer, and I yeah. loved his book. It was really, really good. And I told him, like, it was so great. I fell asleap reading it. <laughs> Meaning, like, <laughs> I couldn't put it down. I just kind of passed out reading. And he's like, you fell asleep while reading my book. That's great, Brie. Thanks so much. I'm like, Dick. no, no, no. I mean, That's it was so I good. It couldn't put it. I got, like, three quarters of the way through in one sitting. It was. I was so tired. It was three in the morning. He's like, but you still fell asleep. Have you ever read a book in one sitting? Have you, have you yep. ever picked up a book that was so Harry good Potter, you could not book stop? seven? Yeah, I did that with the Dark Tower. Yeah, the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. I've done I was that. Yeah, say one of those big ones. You were up for two days with that one. I was, uh, no, the Dark Tower, the original Dark the original, Tower, is not very big. First one, yeah. Really yeah, it's only like oh, I think I, it's less than two hundred pages. Might be. I don't know. It's yeah. not very long. I was that kid that would be up until four reading books. Yeah. Like yeah. nonstop, just start and go until I was done. Yeah. I would have done it to Game of Thrones, except I was eight years old, and taking the fact that Eddard's head got whacked off was too much for me, so I ended up putting it down for a little while. But oh, that was I yeah. think the only book in my childhood where I didn't just pick it up and just read all the way through. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm very rare with that, but the Stephen King book called Rage, which was a... I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that one. Mm, I've heard of he it. He published it as Richard Bachman. It was yeah. one of those books, and... um. Holy shit! I picked that. I started um, early in the day. Started reading it when I was about I don't know. It was probably about sixteen or seventeen years old. I could not. I literally could not stop. That was like a hell of a book. And it was basically it was about something now that no writer would ever dare to write about, which is um. I thought it was a fairly recent book, though. I thought it was like no, the no, last fifteen, old. twenty years. He he came out with that book. No, actually, you may have heard of it because he actually self banned it. He decided he doesn't want it published anymore. It was, oh, the, really? The topic was a student who is frustrated with life and decides to walk into his classroom with a gun and hold everybody hostage. Oh, so wow. nowadays, that story would not fly, not one bit. Um, I don't hmm. think there's a publisher that would go anywhere near Where, it. What perspective? Uh, from the point of view of the kid. Interesting. Yeah, and he walks in, and he's um, and it's just it's mind-blowingly good. I mean, I cannot tell you how. You just got to sit down at some point and read it. But he's... Hmm. You have to go back to a used bookstore and find it because he's, yeah. like I said, he's taken it out of more recent reprintings of that. It was a collection of all the old Richard Bachman books, but he took it out hmm. because there were a couple of school shootings where kids, the, the people who did it, cited that book, and so he's like, he's like, okay, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I know, and I, you know, I was just like, God damn it, this is gotta such have an guns, amazing. Got to have guns. Yeah, <laughs> such an amazing book, and it's sad that he feels the need to to censor it or to pull it off the shelf. Yeah, and sell well, it I mean, the, the, there's there's a lot of that with the the artistry or you know even pop artistry like that and, yeah. and reality like the reason uh what was it uh oh shit uh jake gyllenhaal movie one of his first mm -hmm. with the weird bunny guys Darnie Darko. Oh, Darnie. Darnie Darko. Darko. the reason it didn't come out was because of 911 Oh no, kidding! Yeah, I it was supposed to come out around that, like like that same year. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to come out, but because oh, of the plane, oh Jesus um, Christ! They Everybody had to put it off for like a year. It yeah. didn't come out until like a year afterwards, and it was really just subtle. And everybody was so freaky and sensitive about everything after that. After nine eleven, I remember that. Did you guys ever see the list of songs that were forbidden from being played, like on a mm. Clear? What's the name? The company, the big radio company, Clear. Signal, clear, channel, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. the conglomerate. That oh owns God! Everything. It was just anything. If it even mentioned airplanes, or if it even mentioned like <laughs> you know anything, it was just it was the craziest freaking list. Sad thing. It was I'd... nuts, and I, I was just like, you got to be kidding me! You think people are this like sensitive? I couldn't believe how sensitive people were to that whole incident. I mean, I understand yeah, yeah. it being was... kind of uh, traumatic, but we're. Four or five thousand miles away from it actually of happening, I knew people in Mexico City that were affected by it. Yeah. 
um, because they were either coming back or they had lived there or they had worked in those towers. You know, yeah. I knew there was like a couple dozen people from just Puebla alone that died in that tower, yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, wow. I found it very strange when I came back because I wasn't in the States when that happened. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I thought it was, I didn't even know what had happened until a week later because I thought it was a movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dick and I didn't speak the English. I didn't speak Spanish and I'm spitting on your table. I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, 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 later. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when I came back, how sensitive people were to the whole thing. Yeah. It seemed very odd. I mean, this thing happens I, a hell of a lot more often in Europe, in, oh, in yeah, yeah. Africa, yeah. in Asia. All the, these things but, happen, and that's not to, you know. I don't think it's fair to say to Americans just because it happens somewhere else doesn't mean you shouldn't you know. Well, react no, to it. no, but I, it's but it's they took it so personally. Yes, that's that's exactly what, what I mean. I was about yes, to it's say. a tragedy. It should be addressed, yeah. and it, it not with the TSA, please. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't do anything. Um, but. I don't. I just didn't realize, and I—it's still a mystery to me why people took it so personally that we're never even involved. I know yeah, yeah. this blanket of safety has been over our country mm-hmm. for so long, and we're so xenophobic, and we're so, uh, you know, kind of self-absorbed. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, the rest of the world—we're—we're we're right there with the level with the rest of the world, and people got just so upset over it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's because we're, we're we've. Like I said, we're so xenophobic that we think we're untouchable. I think the best way that that was actually portrayed was by Dennis Leary's Rescue Me. Um, so a lot of these guys... So res- Have you ever seen Rescue Me? Uh, no. It's, so I own all of it if you want to watch it. Um, so it's about a f- it's about firemen post 9-11. Um, and Dennis Leary plays a alcoholic fireman who's just falling apart. His life is just a mess because it's Dennis mm. Leary's show. That's what he does. But he's good at it. He falls he's apart. He's really good. But there's a few characters who are just really... Ac- affected by going to the towers in New York City and the destruction they saw. And there's one firefighter who ended up going to a PTSD group for Mm -hmm. um, the towers, and he wrote poetry about pulling bodies out of the rubble and the towers coming down. And and then... And then he's listening to all the other people talk, and it's like, oh my gosh, when I saw it on my TV, to just think about how that just totally happened, and I was over in Alaska, and like he's into so all these people are just like talking about how it gave them anxiety and PTSD. Mm-hmm. Whereas that can happen, but for him, it's like you guys weren't even there. Yeah, exactly. You That's- guys, how did this affect you? Well, it didn't affect me, but it could have. And it's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's stop and think about this. Yes, mm-hmm. you have some merit that it should do this, but you have nothing to worry about. This happens all around the world and you don't care about it, but suddenly it's within still like three, four, five thousand 5,000 miles of you and you're still, and suddenly you care now. It's, I don't know, it, there's been a lot of tragedy in the world and, you know, we make jokes about Auschwitz and the Holocaust because it's... I have never done that. No, I'm not saying that you have, but, <laughs> well, maybe you have. I don't know. I'm being sensitive. Wow, Jeff, <laughs> I was about to say you're making me feel like a piece of dirt. <laughs> I mean, like, if we talk about, like, Family Guy, about pop culture, we make fun of all these huge tragedies in the past, but as soon as it happens to us, and even, I feel like, yes, there are people who are directly impacted by it, and it should affect them, and and they should be going through grieving and processing, but for the people who were in Hawaii or Alaska or people who had nothing to do with it or didn't affect their lives in any way, for them to take it so personally, 
and then not care about, you know, there are three attacks in Brussels in the same week. And we have France, we've got mmm um, Spain, there was India, lots of bombings Spain, in Spain. And then yeah. the Middle East yeah. as North a whole. Africa, there was, well, there was something, stuff there was even on. something that happened in Mexico like a week after. There was like yeah, an airplane there, there that was. went down in Mexico, if I remember correctly. And they were in I don't know if that was related to any kind of terrorist activity, but, but that's what that's why it was such that's why it's probably on in my mind is because everybody was so sensitized to it. It's like, oh my god, something else in North America just happened, you know, it's like it's like okay, yeah, but it was. They don't give a shit about uh, you know people yeah. in Nicaragua being slaughtered no. by yeah. warlords and, and, and shit. Yeah. And but all of a sudden, <laughs> God, I hope they didn't take out Tijuana. <laughs> such a nice place. Where else am I going to get my donkey show and my sex trade on? Yeah, it, first world problems. And I mean, if I can't get my donkey show, then the terrorists have won. <laughs> And then everyone's talking about, well, we've never actually ha- been physically attacked on, on U.S. soil. I was like, well, no, in World War II, one of the mm-hmm. Aleutian Islands, mm-hmm. which was part of Alaska, so part of the U.S., the Japanese did land, and there was a, bat- a few battles fought on the Aleutian Islands during World War II. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we have ha- yeah. been attacked. It's just we minimize what impacts us as a nation and then um, brush off everybody else that, you know, oh, well, it's to be expected. I mean, they're poor. They're mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. There's no supports. Why wouldn't there be worse? I mean, we, we take we maximize our first the Japanese world were able to make it to like Oregon coast and yeah. California coast too. And yeah, they, they, they just mostly like dropped bombs or strafed things and then went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. it's I I don't know. It, first I, world I problems at its greatest in its source is that we just yeah. uh, I don't even know. But yeah, I, 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 I it didn't affect me as it did. I, I think everybody else. I remember that some there. of the reactions of people around me though were just I was I was stunned. I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me! Have you just completely lost your mind?" You know, yeah. it's like I remember a guy at work. I mean, and I work in a newspaper, right? So presumably, you're working with a group of people who are educated, have sort of maybe a worldly view. I know, I Doesn't know, I shit. know. But this is what, like, my you know, I've been completely disillusioned at this point. But back then, I believed still that you know. I remember one of the guys. From the newsroom, was talking to me. But this is probably a week or two after, and he looks at me. He goes, "He goes, yeah, it's kind of a shame." He goes, "You're probably gonna have to shave your beard." I was like, "What?" <laughs> and he goes, "And this was dead serious too. He wasn't joking." And it, and I go, what, what, do you, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "Well, you don't want people thinking you're on their side." Oh, Jesus Christ! And I'm like, "Are you?" And that's the biggest illusion and about I'm this whole there. situation. Is like there really is no sides. Yeah, here. I know. Suddenly, the racists have a reason to be a little more pronounced. Yeah. Is really what it means. Yeah, I mean, not just I, with Donald Donald Trump. The yeah. the only he he brings it out of people though. He like you know he he makes it okay to to bring it right to out. To spout idiocy. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I felt like we were like living like uh, Patton Oswalt characterized it as living in bizarro earth <laughs> for a while after 9-11. It's just like everything went fucking nuts. Everybody lost their mind. Yeah. And it's like, OK, we got attacked. It was scary. I remember my reaction to it in the morning was I got up. You know, Deanne was crying. She woke me up and she goes, you're not going to believe what's going on. And I got up and I walked down the hallway and I watched. I looked at what was going on, on TV and I literally I lost like the. I was like. Holy shit! I can't even continue standing up. I went mm-hmm. back and laid down in bed, and I was like, th- I was cold. I was like, it was like some sort of weird like panic response. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I, mean, I can't believe this is actually happening. It, and and uh, so I laid there in bed until I kind of recovered from that reaction, and then I got up. But it's like I don't know. I think some people kind of stayed in that moment, like that first moment of. Well, it's also uncertainty at some point too. Yeah. I mean, I know we have, we live in a twenty four hour news society, but. I would imagine that some people really thought we were being attacked and, and an invasion was coming or something. You know, yeah. who knows what people yeah. think? They're red dawn assholes. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but 
I could understand at the beginning, like you said. Yeah. yeah. That that event made me really question if I was actually a sociopath for the first time ever. <laughs> I'm serious because I remember I got to school. I was in the seventh grade and went to history class. I was surprise. Um, and I saw the planes going. I saw the towers going down, and I couldn't figure out why we were watching this. Like I couldn't. It just didn't process, and everyone's starting to get upset. Like this is in New York. I'm like, and it happens over all around the world. This is sad. It's tragic. But why are we all panicking? Like, that was literally, and then everyone, I kind of got alienated for a little while because I was just like, it wasn't processing in my head very well about what a big deal was because it was on our soil. But also, my whole thought of this happens every day somewhere else. Why? Why are we so oh. focused on this when Yeah. It's you're not a sociopath. That's your that's your coping mechanism well, yeah, for something I mean, that big is to look at it and say, Well, this happens. It it does. I mean that's uh, uh, that's I like I said I think okay. within the first day or so everybody kinda lost their minds a little bit. We all had like weird I mean, other than you, you were partying in Mexico, so lucky you. <laughs> I, I was also working in Mexico. Okay. So it wasn't like uh-huh. I was just there. And uh-huh. it, that happened uh, I think the first year I was there, yeah, I moved in like July or something like that. Or yeah, <clears throat> so the I moved just before it happened. Yeah, I didn't really know many people, and I didn't speak the language, of course, very well. So I'd, uh, yeah, that happened, and then come to find out a week later, yeah, I was like, oh, that really happened. My dad, oh, had, shit. yeah, my dad had just quit FEMA <laughs> the year be- or the week before too. It was oh, a wow. crazy thing. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> wow. Nice. Uh, but in relation to your story, I remember when the uh, space shuttle blew up. Yeah, okay. I was in school. Yeah. It was in, must have been middle school, grade school, I don't know. But I was walking down the hall, and one of the, a lot of the classrooms were showing the space shuttle launch, because we used to do that when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> and so I'm standing, I had my hall pass, and I'm going to the bathroom. I stand there, oh, it's the space shuttle launch. It's like, two, one. It's like, oh, that's so awesome. And then, I don't think that's supposed to happen. That was my first thought, and I just went to go pee. <laughs> so seven people died right then, but, you know. <sighs> God. Especially when you're younger, I think it's yeah. you're just like oh, they canceled class when that happened for us. I mean, I remember sitting in uh, ninth grade for me. I was in first year of uh, of high school, and they they came in. It was like our I think it was our first period or second period. Somebody came in the class and said, "Hey, we're canceling school for the day." Why? The space shuttle blew up. I, nowadays, it would be like they'd be like, "Eh, whatever." <laughs> we're gonna it's give you guys tragic. an extra half hour at lunch to to mourn and, and get your shit sorted out. No, and then back did, to I don't believe I remember getting any kind of days off. Hmm. It was a tragedy, obviously, but yeah, but yeah. So. But it happens everywhere else. <laughs> yes, it does. It does happen everywhere else. I think it's time to open. Speaking of everywhere else, I have another Imperial IPA. This one from Canada, mm. Dead Frog Brewing. I like oh, their IPAs. Oh, we've talked about Dead Frog eh? before. Yes, we've had Dead Frog. I went to their brewery, and it's a pretty awesome That's place. The guy that brews, the hair brew guy, is really cool. Um, and uh, also, I probably mentioned it last week, but I discovered that other brewery. That was so good. Yes. Uh, oh, unfortunately, yeah. we had it off off mic, but I brought that porter. No, it was on mic. We had that. The we porter had that was on mic. I believe so. No, I don't think we had on the show. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Um. Oh, look at that! I th- I don't I th- didn't think he was supposed to be handsome. I thought the Phantom was supposed to be you know scarred or so something. So I'm showing a picture of Gerard Butler as the Phantom of the Opera because I was reminded just how attractive this man was and is and continues to be forever. Oh, <laughs> hello, sir! No, they definitely made the Phantom really, really super hot. 
because Gerard Butler's fiercely hot and can sing. <laughs> Violently handsome. He makes me feel like a real woman. He <laughs> makes everything. He was the guy that was in 300, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So now I'm just picturing his and army, all of them wearing the like stories. The story. I love the interviews with him, and when he's talking about that, I was like, I'm never doing that again. That was the worst fucking workout ever. <laughs> Oh, 300. Yeah, oh. when they had to get oh, those bodies. Yeah. And yeah, I watched. Uh, um, and he seems like kind of that regular guy that just wants to go have a beer with his buddies, you know, and yeah. watch the footy and shit. Yep. Like oh, that. I saw. I saw. But, <laughs> yeah, I saw. Uh, there was a picture I saw of him somewhere on the internet with, uh, was like him, like immediately after filming that movie, and then him like a year later. It's like he could, you could tell it was like, I'm done with this. And it, because he had completely changed. Oh, I well, It's just like Chris Pratt. Suck it down. And, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. when he came back to Parks and Rec, hey, Andy, did you lose some weight? Oh, yeah, I just quit drinking beer. And then the interview, she's like, yeah, I wasn't, my wife, I had to tell my wife to stop baking me cookies. <laughs> and um, because, uh, oh, my God, her name just slipped out of my head. I love her, too. Um, his, his wife. Um, his yeah. wife. Um, um, blonde, thinking... beautiful, funny. Yeah, the f- uh, God damn it. Um, Ferris? Yes, Anna Ferris. Yeah. Oh, so I, Anna I, I was going to say it was Anne. Anna Weirdly Ferris enough, loves, I never know that. loves him a little bit chunky, so she always makes him baked goodies. And he had to tell her to stop baking because it was just too cruel because <laughs> well, he that, had to work out. Aren't they filming the second one right now? Yes. Yes, awesome. they are. I yes, they wait. are. I really love so that movie. Much I thought it was a but great... Yeah. Have you guys ever seen the... Vi- there's, there's like out on the internet, there's a video that's like... Um, uh, Behind the scenes of 300, like the workout yeah. that they had to do. Oh yeah! Oh my god, it's, it's brutal. Insane. It yep. is. Nope. It was nuts. I don't know which one? Just anybody's. Oh, no, it's mine. Thank you. But yeah, that was. Um, I watched that video. I mean, it just hurt watching the video. I mean, it was really, really intense. Those guys had to really go through. Um, go through hell. Yeah, it was. It was one of those in, insanity workout. Have you seen those insanity? Which is workouts? really sad. Which is really yeah. sad because the movie itself. Mm. I don't know if it was worth all that effort. Mm. I, I it was good. It was enjoyable. That is a much better Imperial yeah, IPA. But it was good beer. That's a four right there. It was um it was one of those movies where like a week later I couldn't remember much of it. It was like, yeah. Was like, this well, is I love it. Yeah, I love the comic book and it was uh, frame by frame the comic book. It was yeah. amazing oh, really? how well they did that. And that's why I it like just it is too. like just as well as Sin City. Sin City is a frame by frame mm-hmm. of the comic book. See, that's a and that's it's beautiful. I love that movie too. I watched that and um but that's another one where, like, I literally, like, a week later, I, mean, I I enjoyed watching both these movies, but they just didn't stick. Like, there was nothing For about them that, that... who really likes 80s artistic films, the later ones, seems like you're having trouble grasping. What's that? Uh, um, oh, my God. My poor brain is not working. <laughs> I know none of our brains are working. We just got on, done a, a, a See, long you know discussion what, of 9 11 so. You know what just Harrison happened, Bree? In the back of your mind, you're going... Indiana Jones? No. Blade going. Runner? Yes. Oh, Blade, oh. Blade Runner. You like Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Artistically filmed. And so Brandon and I figured out why exactly I couldn't pay attention to it. Yeah, why? Like, we puzzled it out. Yeah. It's because Brandon brought this, and it came out right on time, Star Wars did, so we have the space kind of science fiction, but we've never had the real world on our planet science fiction, so they spent a lot of time paneling out to show you the world that oh, it, yeah, it, take, yeah. it took place in. And so this dystopian mm-hmm. environment. And so nowadays we just show flicks of it here and there because suddenly it's very believable for us with the new technology. But in the 80s, this was a whole new step. So they want the, yeah. Oh, yeah. really want to take... not something people had yeah, seen before. They really want to take not their time way. to show people the world that they were in. Mm-hmm. And so for me, yeah. who grew up, like just oh yeah totally you can just do this on the but, computer and I'm totally used yeah. to it. That's but what the, the thing looks is, like, the thing is, if you look up a lot of reviews of the film from back then, people were even criticizing the pacing back then. 
It was slow even for really? the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Part, That's so weird. I know. For my me, little I, tiny ADD brain loved that fucking. I movie. can't remember ever not being able to follow through that whole movie. But yeah, and I to me, I know a lot of people complained about the pacing. It's very slow. But it's I, like, well, it's not actually. It's a it's very a, subtle, quiet film. It's man, a philosophical concept masquerading as an action film. So you have a lot of moments where they're doing things to sort of drive home the point about, you know, what do, what is humanity? What is a real, you know, what's a, what's a it's real very person? Orwellian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for someone who likes Orwellian type stories and noir, and I, I like I said, I, I read Pulp Fiction a lot, um, nice. different kinds of Pulp Fiction. So. Uh, this movie would have been right up my alley. But, you know, as, as soon as we figured out that where I was having trouble paying attention was those long spans, I was able to follow through and watch the movie and actually finish it. I finished it in one sitting. I was Oh, you watched I was, it? I did. I oh, watched good, it. I finished good, it in cool. one sitting for the fifth time. Took so five tries. I was what, very pleased. What was your reaction? Up to which part? Uh, just to the whole movie in general. How would you what'd you feel about it? I love that it was classic noir. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Harrison Ford was a great... Uh, cast for the for the lead. Yeah, um, absolutely. I can see where the end of the film. I haven't seen all the ver- ver- versions of the end of the film. I've only seen the theatrical release because that's all they have on Netflix. I want to see the other endings to see oh, where this huge debate oh. comes up. Yeah. Oh, they only have the theatrical release. Oh, sh- you should have said something. I have. Well, the, no, uh, that's cool. Version. That's cool. Actually, that movie is so good. It's worth watching the theatrical version, like the the version that everybody got. It took her original. five tries to watch the first one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're gonna give her another one? <laughs> yes. In a month, she'll actually have watched the other one. So. <laughs> well, this one, the, the the director's cut, George Lucas did, so it's like really fast paced, and there's all kinds of funny, goofy stuff going on, and little funny, like little creatures falling off things and bonking their heads. So you, it'll be really easy to pay attention to. Okay. <laughs> no. Unnecessary dialogue. The, uh, Jar Jar Binks in the background. There was an ending. There was an ending. He's a replicant. Uh, <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to kill you, Jar Jar. <laughs> That poor actor that played Jar Jar, oh, he gets so much I've shit for that. that. I have I'm said like, that so poor. many times. Does he still have an acting career? Yes. Well, okay. uh, I think he's, he's more around. of a voice actor. Yeah. It sounds to me like he's more of a voice actor. I saw uh, his a little thing, a blurb he did on the new Star Wars. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that he hates Star Wars. It's just that Star oh. Wars fans hate him because yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His so. name is Ahmed Best, yeah. and he, um, yeah, he has said that. He in is interviews. the best Ahmed. He has said that in interviews that um, he's he's done. He's washed his hands with Star Wars fans. He's done with all of them. Yeah. And he won't have a thing to do it. And you know, and the sad part is, what people hate about Jar Jar is George Lucas's fault, not his. Yes, not he his was fault given at all. orders <laughs> to. Here's your character. Here's what he sounds like. Here's what I want. Do that. And and, and the reality is that for a guy, an actor who really did, I mean, he did the first digital character you know everybody always talks about andy circus in in lord of the rings mm-hmm. but really it was ahmed best in in the phantom menace who was really given that challenge the first time and if you just look at his performance and you just look at how he handled it i mean it's he did a great fucking job he should be praised for it but Absolutely. everybody hates the character so bad actually the uh, the the his pratfalls and stuff in the movie are solid i mean everything he does in the movie is solid it's yeah. just a shit character that yeah. does not belong there well, it's, it's <laughs> just like the the guy that played joffrey in game of thrones who was getting death threats yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. So he hated it. it, it yeah. It's like it drove him away from. He was acting. a kid. Yeah, and so you know, fans get super crazy about these characters, and they just 
projected onto the actors. Yeah. Again, I keep bringing up Leonard Nimoy, but he's my favorite example. He he wanted to separate himself from being Spock because people were just so against Zachary Quinto taking it over. He's like, look, I'm a human. Yeah. I play lots of different people. I am not Spock. Absolutely. Spock is this character who's going to live on forever. Like when I met. So I met the voice actress who played Sailor Moon, who I grew oh, up with, and yeah, I was really I excited. <laughs> oh my god! Um, awesome. But I was for me, she was the so she was the second American voice or English voice actor. She's actually Canadian um, to take over for Sailor Moon after uh, Disney dropped it. Hmm. And you know, for me, I was just sitting there thinking about I'm like this. They can is, pay her thirty percent less. Yeah, I literally <laughs> met my childhood hero. Like I literally That's like awesome. I, like Sailor Moon was a character, and I recognize that she's a character, and she's a great character. She's very Naoko Takeuchi really really created this character that I could relate to as a as a growing up girl, mm-hmm. but. Um, Linda Ballantyne, she brought this character to life and gave this character a personality that I could even even more relate to as a 13-year-old at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but learning to recognize that the actor and the actress voice or, or physical actor um, is not the character itself, it's, it's really hard for a lot of fans. And yeah. so they either worship the ground they walk upon or they, they just fucking hate, hate them. them. And yeah. so like... It was so I was at Comic Con and so we're at the autograph section and the guy that played Rufio was there, which is really cool. I'm like Rufio, you grew up, but Rufio, Rufio uh, from Hook, Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. He had the mohawk with the red hair. Did you never watch Hook? Yeah, I watched, watched Hook. Hook. It He's was one of those movies that you immediately forget as yeah, soon as you watch it. Exactly. I love you walk that out of the movie. Going, Did I pay to see something? <laughs> I love what, that what movie. Oh my that god, was watch a it again. Popcorn session. You, ha- you watch it again. Pretty much. You got to watch eat popcorn again. in the dark with strangers. Watch it again. I had a huge crush on. I've watched it a few times, and I, it's not a bad movie, but it's extremely forgettable well, for he's, me. Yeah. He's yeah. the only Asian character in the show uh, with the black hair oh, yeah. and the red mohawk. Oh, okay. Yeah, but see, I know who Rufio is. Yeah, and and he's another example of he's done other. He's things, done a lot of stuff, actually. but no one remembers him except for because he's Rufio. He will forever be embodied as really? Rufio. Yeah, mm. then, so he's one of those actors that weren't able to I've separate from the character. He's I'm done other sure. things. He's done a lot of things. <laughs> But again, that's the way the culture is. The culture is unable to separate him. I mean, just like Leonard Nimoy did a lot of different things, they couldn't separate him from Spock. Yeah. Um, Elijah Wood's always going to be Frodo. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why J.J. Abrams won't do another Star Trek or Star yeah, Wars. No, film. I know him. Yeah. You know how I yeah. know him? Hmm. Fucking Last Airbender. Yeah. Oh. He's Zuko. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's fucking done, Zuko. He's done a lot of different stuff. Love Zuko, man. That's one of the best characters in that fucking. So he was also uh, Dante was also, Brasco is his name. He was also short round from uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. No, no, I know. no he wasn't. Try you guys, again. have you guys no. seen all those little like every Asian actor? They always put there. Somebody always starts that up around the. He's internet. not an Asian actor though. He's. Uh, oh, is he? um, I thought he's. I think he's Asian. Islander. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Close enough. Or a Filipino. I'm American. Close enough. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's born in Pittsburgh, California. Yeah, but Filipinos part of is Asianic. Yeah, yeah, it's in that general region. But anyways, so it's it, it's it's always really awful to see actors get the bad rap for their characters. I mean, it's one mm-hmm. thing if they're just a bad actor and they made a good character really shitty. Um, it's another thing, though, if it's a great character, or if it's a great actor <laughs> and they make their character so believable and so realistic. Mm-hmm. And the fans react to the actor themselves as the negative issue. Uh, but I think well, his swan song is a movie called Awesome Asian Bad Guys. <laughs> From 2014 and 13. Oh, he was in Badasses too. That was one of my favorite movies. Badass, Badass is awesome. awesome. Amazing bad guys. Um, he's made a lot of movies. Is that a documentary? Yeah. He's in Star Wars Rebels. He's in Legend of Korra, of course. Yeah. 
Um, but once again, we he, only he remember plays General him. Iroh. No, he doesn't play General Iroh. That's one of the you best. Know I, you know who I? You know who? You know who is uh, now set up to be the next hated actor? Like in that in that sense is um, anybody Jeffrey, that plays Spider Man from here on out? Yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I think is his name. The guy who played Deacon. Have you? You know what? I know him as. Um, the Joker. The, no, no I know the him as the the Winchester's father. That's, that's yeah. pretty much who he is. Yeah. For me, and no one ever brings it up. I'm like, but he was the Winchester's father. That's He's the, the original. Oh. That's Winchester. the oh, only no. way I recognize <laughs> him. Like I, re- I'm like <gasps> supernatural. Hi, Winchester. Of course, he Daddy plays uh, um, <gasps> the comedian. I said the Joker. You said the Joker. I'm like, yeah, yeah. The comedian. Same. Yeah, Joker, comedian, same thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's awesome, and I've yeah, watched a lot of shows and movies with him. And I imagine him, and he's that. Always awesome. I imagine that guy's going to be getting death threats and people, you know, approaching him at restaurants and throwing, you know, water in his face or whatever. <laughs> like, you, you killed who? You killed whoever it was. That's you killed. Who we're going to find the big out. Question. Unfortunately, the cast doesn't know either. So yeah, done, done. Do you guys done. know? Do you guys know what happens in the comic book at that point? No, I, mean, I haven't made it that far in the comic book. Okay, okay. So I won't say anything. And but the comic book's way. I don't think the TV show is going to kill the same person. That like you remember the uh, um, the the character of Andrea, and mm-hmm. the uh, the older guy. What was his name? Dale. Dale. They're they're sleeping together in the comic book. Yeah, they're both still alive, aren't they? I don't know if they're still alive, but they're still alive where I'm at in the comic but the book. Thing but freak- they're sleeping together, and I was like, whoa, hey, okay. I haven't read the comic book, but I've kind of spoiled myself a little on the comic book. I'll I'll look at what's happened in the comic book up until the TV show. Oh yeah, and I accidentally saw the Negan part, so I kind of know who get, who gets it in the comic book. But um, but it's the, not necessarily uh, who gets it. I was kind of shocked to find out that oh god, I shouldn't say anything because you're reading the comic. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, spoiler. Spoiler. There's a character. Alert. There's a character that's dead in the comic book. That if they did it in the in the TV show, there would be probably riots in the street. Oh well, yeah. No, there's a few characters. <laughs> well, like Glenn, that. I think, dies off in the comic books too. And, he dies in the um, comic books. What's his I know face? That. What's his? That's oh, the that's poor... the Negan. That's who Negan picks. Oh no, you can't kill Glenn. After after the dumpster they incident, they can't yeah, kill Glenn anymore. Won't. Spoiler alert! Be, if everyone else is going to die, including the kid with one eye, yeah. everybody else is going to die, and Glenn's just going to be walking into the sunset. <laughs> fucking Glenn. <laughs> Telling the story because he is uh, now our immortal being that is following. Welcome our to awesome, awesome Asian badasses well, even, part two. So <laughs> Fuck Norman, yeah! Norman Reedus's character is supposed to die off really early on in the That's story too. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Dale, like I mean, there's a lot of. No, he's not even in the comics. No, no yeah, he died like in the the first issue. Oh, he did. Yeah, in, in the comic books, like Who's early that? on, Dale or Norman Reedus, whoever his name. No, can't his, his character is. was co- created uh, completely for the. Uh, that's yeah, why he's um, not in the comic books at all. Somebody, his brother is. I think his brother's in the comic book, and he's just oh. one of the bad guys. Somebody asked um, Robert Kirkman if 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 uh, if uh, Daryl would ever Darryl, show up Dale, in the comic Darryl. book, if they would ever consider bringing him into the comic book. And he actually said, actually, he goes, AMC owns that character, and he goes, it would be a lot of legal nonsense that I don't want to deal with. So we're no, he'll he never was, be in the oh, comic book. Yeah, I thought he was at least in the first issue. No, he was not. No, in, he, no, because I've I've read the first graphic novel, which is usually about four to six issues, but and he's not in. They it, they created that character for Norman Reedus. He came in and, and auditioned for some. I don't know what the exact story was. He came in and auditioned for some other character. I think he auditioned for the brother. Oh, okay, but the, he they looked at him and they go, "Oh my God, we got to get this guy in in some way or another." And, and Rick, so they I think he also auditioned for Rick, right? And so they they created he great Rick. they created that for him. Weird. It would have been really cool though. At least the Rick we have, the Rick Grimes, kind of looks like the dude in the comic book. He does not look like anything in the comic book. Yeah. <laughs> Norman Reedus doesn't. He's awesome, and I love Norman Reedus. But yeah, I keep waiting for the next Boondock Saints to come out. No, please don't. Just leave Boondock Saints alone. <laughs> I really want them to get out of jail though. <laughs> 
No. They're in jail speaking still. Of movies, speaking of movies, there was a movie we all watched a while back. I assume we all watched it, which was nope. The Devil's Backbone. No, nope. oh, never got around. We own it, but we don't we haven't watched it yet. You need to get that yet? back from you, by the way. Oh yeah, I'll get it for you. Um, yeah, it's uh, so I guess we won't talk about that <laughs> since we don't. Want I, to I I can talk about it. It's just been a long time since I've seen it. I'm we can talk about it without spoilers, I guess. Um, Go for it. Don't spoil anything. Yeah, I'll it just, was. I'll um, just play on my new I, Tomo. I I'll I'll in fact I'll avoid all plot points altogether and just say that I had the same reaction to this movie that I had to Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know what it is about powerful Guillermo film. del Toro that he he seems to be good at getting into your subconscious, like having that, that weird so good. playing around. Because honestly, the the story itself. As it is, if it were just, if you're just watching it, there's nothing really like scary. There's no points where you're like, oh my God, I'm so creeped out. I can't watch yeah. this. Although I did watch there's it late. Creepy at, I did watch it late at night and ended up having to stop because it did creep me out because it was late at night. But there's like nothing overtly like so scary that you can't yeah. handle it. But it's like, it's just like um, Stanley Kubrick did this with The Shining and David Lynch has done it with a lot of his movies and mm-hmm. um, Guillermo del Toro did it with, uh, with Pan's Labyrinth. It, like some directors know how to how to do a horror movie that kind of gets into the like the back of your mind. Oh, David Lynch is really good at that. Yeah, and it's and like, not even with horror movies. Like with any movie he makes, he kind of gets yeah, way it's, back it's in there. Weird. I don't know what that is. I don't. And part it, of me doesn't want to. Almost, you could be it. watching it alone. And you'd still be like looking around uncomfortable. Like, yeah, like, yeah, should yeah, I yeah. be watching this? You know, that's how David Lynch is. Yeah, and, and I get that same thing. And it's a good sensation. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. It's like a. It's like a. Um, well, it's, it's your visceral like reaction to the art you're viewing. Yeah. And I know you don't... They're not art. Yes, it is art. No, 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 no. You guys <laughs> keep saying that. I said I think very few filmmakers really approach that level is what I'm saying. Um, well, but yeah, but there, there's also a guy that paints Jesus on playing poker with dogs. So that's still art. It may not be the art you like, but no, it's still I art. Know, you I know, know. I know. I mean... I, a lot of I think a lot of people who come to film only have a background. That would be an awesome painting. The last poker game, the last <laughs> poker table. Yeah. That's how, that's how The Walking Dead's going to end. They're going to Judas end just it. has like an ace up his sleeve. He's just like, it's fucking yeah. Judas. But uh, yeah, that's to me that was like really the most striking thing about that film is I had another. This was yet another film. Mm-hmm. Um, where I spent the next couple days, like it was just nagging at me. I was like, God, "What did I just watch? What did this just do to me?" It changes. It almost feels like it changes you, like yeah. in some weird way. It's like it, it gets into your head, and that's also a part of history that, um, at least here in the states, we don't learn anything about. Mm-hmm. Is the the Spanish oh, Civil yeah, War all the, all the, and yeah. the the horrific? I mean, the bad guys won. Yeah, yeah. The evil dictator won, and that was it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that country suffered for decades I went, because I, of it. I realized I didn't know that much about the Spanish Civil War. We don't, after we, I we're that. not taught anything about it because it's yeah. not America. Yeah. Well, but, uh, we, I, we didn't touch there, so it's not it's not a big deal. <laughs> we didn't help them kick. Now, nine eleven, that's a big deal because yeah. a, a couple thousand people died, not but tens of thousands of people. Yeah, I know. went out and read about it because I realized I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I don't actually know that much it about the Spanish Civil War. And it was horrible. just basically. The most clusterfucky war that has ever happened. Mm-hmm. On the, in the, it was just like several factions all warring over different. You know, it was. Yeah. It was almost like uh, the entire country just lost their mind for a while. And my wife, being from Mexico, um, um, a lot of their uh, writers and poets came to the Americas. Some to Mexico, some to South America, oh, yeah. some to New York. A lot of to even to New York. Yeah. Um, and uh, they wrote about their experiences. They wrote poems about the whole experience that they, you know, the, their country and how it was, you know. And yeah. Yeah. They got a lot of, uh, they got a lot of. I want to say airplay back then. They got a little bit of it, but you know yeah. we're not taught any of it, and yeah. I think that's kind of a bit of a tragedy. Yeah. 
Um, I think our history well, classes are a bit of a tragedy too. But having read that, though, it clears up something for me that was always a bit of a mystery. Is whenever I read about Salvador Dali or any sort of, uh, mm -hmm. the, he was always fiercely defensive of the Catalan, the area that he came from, mm -hmm. and it was almost like that place. It was almost like the Texas or the Quebec of that country. It's like we're it is we're separate from you guys, and mm -hmm. and he it's was still, always like really, despite the fact that Salvador Dali was such a great artist. It's like whenever that topic came up with him, like in interviews, or he would you know be prompted to talk about it. He becomes like this, just just ranting a hole about it. Yeah, it's like you know we're separate, we're independent. You know, don't don't mess with it. It's, it's like shit. it's part of the culture. Yeah, yeah now now it kind of makes sense. It's like that was clearly the the you know the outcome of of that whole ugly. Well, period. it was it, it's it, 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 kind of its own separate country. Of course, you know, hundreds it's, of years ago, you know, but yeah, much like Portugal is still its own separate country. That was also its own separate thing at one time yeah right. and and i've uh been, having gone to europe and talked to europeans it's funny how uh a lot of europeans are you know a lot like we are here whether you're from you know uh northwest or the southwest or the south or wherever you're from you're you're fiercely like connected to that place you're from like yeah people yeah. from boston are just eh, boston we're boston we're boston but we're boston we're boston bostonians don't ever you know, run around doing the texas you know don't mess with texas and we're gonna secede and because you know that, that's true that's true that's you know what's texas, funny but they don't every, say they're gonna secede but they will threaten to kick your ass a lot of countries yeah. seem to have little areas like that don't they i mean i was just thinking I was just thinking about um, England, and I think I think Wales is sort of Wales there. is like that. Yeah. So oh yeah, does, Wales does is every, like that. Does there, no, every country have Ireland. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Ireland <laughs> is its own country, actually. Well, it so is, no, but I mean, like the Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, Ireland yeah. yes. Yeah. But uh, oh, no, yeah. Scotland. I mean, just last year they voted to secede or not secede, yeah. and they should have, yeah, but uh, they they didn't. Yeah. Change is scary, Jeff. Um, Changes, but it was really close. It was. It's why Donald uh, Trump is in the England for was kind of going. Oh fuck! Hadrian's <laughs> <laughs> Wall's coming back. Fuck! <laughs> it's okay. So. We still have Canada. <laughs> we still have. Canada. <laughs> oh Canada! Speaking of just Canada, part of it. Speaking of Canada, this beer oh, is not bad. This beer is amazing. Yep. Um, this is a solid four for me. I, I mean, would, I agree. I'm sorry, uh, uh, ecliptic. I mm -hmm. got it wrong again, didn't I? No, it's ecliptic. Good it's job. ecliptic. Yay! Jeff got it right. Um, you know what? <laughs> Generally, the beer we've gotten from those guys is amazing. It, yeah. This is a good drinkable beer. Yeah. Um, I think it's it wasn't as beer. crisp and clean as this beer is. Yeah. This, this one is. I well, mean, this is still not exactly crisp and clean, but it's. I don't know. There's the just a lot more flavor. The difference between the two that yeah. I've noticed because I keep sipping my coffee between every sip, so I get weird little notes. Um, mm. Is that the ecliptic beer is just kind of your average straight on IPA. The Imperial dead, IPA. the 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 dead frog though. I have notes of fruit and sweetness mm -hmm. that weren't in the ecliptic, which so I would say that the ecliptic IPA is a good one to start off with. Your starting beer, and then to just keep moving on, the dead frog would be definitely a good, you know. Beer after dinner or with dessert because it's it's mm. sweeter and it's got that, it it, but it's, it's not sweet. like it's not like sugary sweet, but it's, but it's yeah, like yeah, it's citrusy. not like Alaskan brewing sweet. No, I mean that might as well be brown but sugar it, you're it's, eating. It's fresh and it's bright and it, yeah. it's citrusy and it's not Absolutely. like my my sh my teeth don't hurt after I have sweet beer. But it's, it's got a little so. bit of a bitterness too, and at mm -hmm. the very end too, which mm -hmm. is which no, is the a, hop. It's very hoppy, yeah, but not. It's it's not gonna over. It's not gonna slap you in the face with the hops like some like Tricera hops can be like that. Yeah. Um, Tricera hops from Ninkasi is is can be really just slap you in the face. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's probably my one of my favorites of really the Imperials. Good beer. But uh, uh, no, this is amazing, and I love the blurbs on their uh, their 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 uh, catchphrase is collect experiences, not things. I love 
that. Which is, I love which that is one of my. I love yeah because everybody's a story and you just have to tell it right to make it entertaining. <laughs> You're always entertaining, Jeff. It's okay. I try to be. I try to be entertain myself first and foremost because well I'm important. Uh, <laughs> Did your mommy tell you that? I'm an only child. I don't know oh. if anybody knew oh, this. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, I've got two only children here. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, remember last week oh, you yeah, had three yeah. only yeah. children in the room you with you. You guys are so difficult sometimes. No, we're uh, really not. But you're pleasant. I'm no, fucking no, you're, easy. You are the easiest only child <laughs> I've ever met. I'll I'm just not lay there lie. and take it. We have to at some oh, point. Baby. To, oh baby! At some point, we have to look up the like uh, what studies have been done about you know the differences between We've people been, who grew up with siblings and people who didn't, and I see if it actually applies to the see who's that. most successful. <laughs> Me. Well, they say the I first decided. child of siblings is always like the overachiever. Me. <laughs> That was me. <laughs> and the youngest is the always... The middle is always the one that's so, messed up. The troublemaker. The, uh, you know what? That's crazy, too, because I know so many examples in real life where that's true. Yeah, my, me too. My uh, So my aunt had three daughters, my cousins. Um, they're mm-hmm. all two years apart, so... Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, that's an interesting um, so way the, to space that. Yeah, every two years. The third one was an accident. Like, I don't want to stop buying diapers, so I'm just going to have another one. <laughs> well, <laughs> they only wanted two, and then carrie was a bottle of wine after a bad day. I love that bottle of wine, though. Yeah. That's a good bottle of wine. <laughs> um, so Casey, the oldest, she ended up becoming a preschool teacher. She overachieved. She's a straight-A student, like very put together and organized. She's a lot of fun, too. All these women are wonderful women. They're my favorites. Allie was always kind but. of... No, no buts. No buts. No They're all wonderful. Allie ended up, you know, really wanting to find her own identity. And she was she was considered the, the black sheep in the family. But, you know, in a good, positive way. But she was the one who was always going out partying. She had different tastes in clothing, makeup, friends. Like, she went out there. We all thought she was going to be a hairdresser at one point. Like, just totally went off into her own sunset. And then mm. Carrie is the youngest one. And for a while, she was very needy. She always needed the attention to be on her. Everything was very dramatic. Um, and so watching these three grow up it's like they are the living stereotypes of the first second and third born child Mm. and they're all evenly spaced out where they could have interact like friends that kind of go over in between them because they're close enough in age where they all went to school together at one point yeah Um, they could have all been friends friends literally yeah they could have so but they're also far enough where they have different socio-cultural cultural norms and it was really cool to watch them grow up and as adults you know they all kind of just evened out and you know, right. whatever. But as kids, it was so funny. I'm like, you guys are so, you're walking stereotypes. What the <laughs> hell? I love you guys. You're like a science project in the making. Well, that's what, it's kind of like being an only child. You really observe, like, the behavior of all these larger families. Mm-hmm. You And it's, mm-hmm. it, we are kind of the original, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call those? Not... Uh, Archaeologist, but the uh, archetype. No, the the oh. sociologist or you know anthropologist. We're, anthropo- oh, we're like oh, these weird okay. little anthropologists that are just like observing all these other personalities <laughs> that are interacting, still related to one another, but completely different from one another. Yeah, and they're raised by the same people, and you know it's just this weird dynamic mm-hmm. that brothers and sisters, whether they're so much older or just a little bit older, or you know it. It's always funny to me. That the that humanity maybe it's society I don't know but humanity tends to go through the same cycles over and over yeah. and over again mm-hmm. no matter where what family they're in or where they're at they you know there's always this time when the brothers and sisters or sisters and brothers and yada da da there's always a time where they just fucking hate each other for like five years and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're best friends for three years and then they just kind of drift apart but they still love each other or you know yeah. they, but that that whole scenario can play out reverse right. yep. 
You know, so it's it's always the same scenario, but it plays out in different sections. So yeah. they could go through the "I love you, best friends" all the way up until they're teenagers, then then just kind of drift apart and fucking hate each other when they're adults. You know, it's just, it's just like this weird <laughs> fucking. It, yeah, it really all depends. Like, so I was the overachiever, firstborn, and my brother was kind of. I feel my brother and I didn't have the most stable childhoods, and I think that uh, that had a lot to do with how we developed. Um, my parents split when I was had done most of my developmental growth. My brother was three. So very turbulent for him. And he kind of got to grow up in the aftermath. Yeah, and because mm. he had an older sister who was straight A in three different clubs, going to college, working full time and doing all these cool things. And I'm pretty sure my brother has ADD because he was the kind of kid who was really smart, could do anything you asked him to do, really good at using his hands, but could never turn his homework in. Like he'd do his homework, he just wouldn't turn it in. Um, you know, it. I, like I feel me. like after I left for college, there's a lot of so comparing, well, your yeah. sister could do this, your sister could do that. And so for us, it, it got really tense towards the end of high school, junior high, high school, and then now we're just kind of, we don't mind each other. We don't mind each other. We could well, I know you guys are kind of almost polar opposites when it comes yeah. to worldviews. He, yeah. He, and so that's, I mean, we're able to put that aside when we spend time together because I think we just mutually respect that we're different and we're never going to agree on a few things. But um, It's funny how some families can do that and some can't. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> But it takes work from both individuals or, you know, but at some point, because I know so many families that just won't. Well, my brother has alienated yeah. everybody else from his life. Like, he doesn't talk to my parents or he talks to a couple cousins. He won't talk to anybody else. So it's just basically me. And my dad, no matter what, what we went through, my dad and my mom always raised us to believe that there's no one closer to, to us and each other. So even though we disagree, we deep down we both acknowledge and accept that, you know, my sibling's going to be there forever, no matter what happens. Like, if he ends up in the hospital, I'm the first one there. Mm -hmm. um, and if he needs a kidney, it's going to be mine, probably. <laughs> and so on that, even that basic instinctual level, we both know that we're, even though we may not get along all, to, all together, we're always going to be connected in some way or another. Yeah. Which is kind of a nice sentiment. I don't know if he genuinely feels that way, but eh, I like to believe in it. And I believe that in, when he's 30 years old, He'll have most of his shit figured out, and he'll pull his head out of his ass, and it'll be great. <laughs> Thirty. Well, as a, as, a, as a, that, that's your cutoff, kid. <laughs> as an only child parent of siblings, I, I'm hoping that you're uh, what you guys are saying is is accurate because right now we're in the can't stand each other phase, yeah. well, and it's really tough because I don't really I don't. In, I I logically understand the dynamic. I don't inherently. I like like. I I don't in, I've never internalized it because I've just never been mm. a sibling. I don't get it. Yeah, and so the kids will be like at each other's throats about something, and I'm just basically like, shut the fuck up. Well, yeah. you, like, you stop not that important. It. Shut the go fuck away. Up. You also yeah. have yeah, the and, added thing though that your your daughter's in college, and yeah, a lot of people her age are out on their own and doing their own thing, and just having that huge independence. And while I'm not saying that she doesn't have that, no. it's just the staying at home and having that. You know, recognition, I'm an adult. I can do whatever the fuck I want, whether I ask dad or mom or anything. That's cool. And then you have a teenage sibling who's not, who yeah. doesn't have that. And even whether they recognize that or not, that does create attention. Like my brother and I was the first thing that we started to run into issues with. I got my car. I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah. I could leave. I could go out. I could sneak out and sneak back home. No one would be the wiser. Brother could not do that. Mm -hmm. So that even that shift in freedom. For young adults, is, well, is, is like who's better? <laughs> yeah, and that's um, you know, and I I can relate to that too. The uh, the one of the things I've always dealt with, and especially because our kids are so far apart, is that they perceive each other as being treated favorably. Like, um, 
Like, yeah, like the younger one will look at the older one and say, well, she gets to go do whatever she wants with her friends. And she I have employees the, that She do gets that. to do this, yeah. and she gets you guys trust her to do this. You, she can stay at home by her, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, and it's amazing to me that the other way around is you guys are always so easy on him about things. It's, like, well, yeah, but when it's you because were you're 13, an adult. <laughs> when you were 13, we did this exact same thing with you. It's like yeah. you just, it's like I've got but two different timelines I'm dealing with, you know, and it's like it, stop no, and comparing. It, and it, it, it is. And so your your daughter is in this weird little phase where she's she's an adult, but she's a very young adult. And yeah. so yeah. without having that independence 100% on your own experience, like that that's going to probably continue for a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I didn't. I'm sorry, but that's uh, we're one of the few countries in the world that actually sends our kids off at 18. And, yeah. then we, you know, we don't see them for yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. We're one of the few countries. So, I mean, I, I think what they're doing is is a lot more normal, I think, than than what traditionally has been done. Because I'm sorry, I left at 18. Yeah. So and right. I had to come back. And then I had to leave again. And then I came <laughs> back. And then I came, and I did that a few times. And instead of like just staying at home, probably should have went to college, probably should have did a lot of that, other things and that, became a little more responsible. Instead, I was just, I, 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 it's not my parents that tossed me out. Yeah. I went out there on my own thinking, well, I'm 18 now. Yeah. And I went out and got my own place, and that was fucking tragic. And, you know, my whole <laughs> life was basically tragic and going nowhere instead of having, and, and, you know, a, a stable place to screw up in and... You know, isn't that guidance? Oh, Sorry. Sorry. And, and guidance. in other parts of the world, that's very typical and it's normal. And so, when you have siblings who are in that that mm. gate, uh, that age group, like that's typical. They expect that, they understand that. But in our culture, because we do shove our stu- our, our mm-hmm. kids out the door at eighteen, um, it's a little bit different. Which is why in the U.S. we have this really skewed version of what means freedom, what means independence, what means that a parent's being easier, what means that a parent's being harder. Mm. And so, even though culturally everyone else has got their shit together, we still are kind of like. We can't afford to support an 18, 19, 20-year-old. Get out of the house. And then yeah. suddenly it's Mm-mm. you have this weird complex I, where you have a, a, a child who's unable to really fully function independently, but at the same time can't really be okay at being at home. I work with a lot of younger folks who um, their biggest issue relating to their depression is that they still rely on their parents and they're well, 22 I, years to old. Me, to me, for me, it's, it's purely a practicality and financial. Like, I encourage my oldest child who's in college to stay at home because it's just purely a practicality you know it's a practical thing it's it's a cheaper yeah you're, oh, absolutely. You're, oh, absolutely. you don't have the stresses of paying bills and dealing with you know your rent and go getting the well, job how, how many people do you know that went to university that had to sometimes choose between the job and university oh yeah yeah you know i mean so a lot of people are living on you know uh, 30 dollars a week to just mm-hmm. eat yeah. and can barely afford their rent see it's yeah. like and for, going to for me I'm, I'm just like you have plenty of time in life to learn how to to, yeah. to live exactly. on your own it's just to go ahead and take it easy and get through the college part of life and you know, kind of take it a little easy. But and apparently, and dorm life is just go ahead. ridiculous. Dorm life sucks. <laughs> exactly. It really does. As someone who spent the first year at a dorm, I said, "Fuck it, I'm getting bigger." Loans. My cousin's kid is is <laughs> at uh, Western. Or she, she's he's over here at uh, Western Washington. Yeah, and yeah. he's in a dorm, and he fucking hates it. It's awful. He's miserable. Yeah. My dorm room yeah. was the size of your no. I never, I never, I never did dorms. Dan and I were always out on our own. From you know, we had parents that basically didn't support us at all. So we were yeah, but we you guys had each other as well. Yeah, so we another, were always so. basically working full time jobs, paying our own bills, and going through college. And I hated it. I I knew people who were being supported by their parents and going through college. And I just used to look at those people and go, God, you have it so easy. You have it so nice. You know, you can just sort of get through this. 
because college is stressful. Stress, it is really nonstop stress. Yeah. I mean, again, again, my seventy thousand dollars in loans say yeah. that college was really hard to support myself because I was working yeah. 40, yeah. 50 hours a week, going to school full time, and I still couldn't pay bills. I, I worked so. two two jobs and uh, and school. So I mean, Rick, but that, that also it's it's really your kids are really lucky because I mean, you're offering something that not every parent can provide, which is well, yeah, and you I, know, I understand that, and, and so that's bills, but that's um, you know, I I feel like uh, it's strange that that's that it's normal to to boot your kid out of the or to encourage your kid to leave at eighteen. Oh, my dad couldn't wait. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I've been lately going through this thing where I'm I'm kind of having these freakouts about oh my god, my time with my kids are is coming to an end, and I I hate that, and so. Well, it's and that's like, also a good thing because you're preparing. You're preparing for that. Like my dad, he yeah. the empty nest syndrome just hit him like a ton of bricks when he's like, my daughter and son yeah. are both married and living with their spouses and not at home. Yeah, I mean Kyle's over across the country. I'm I'm an hour and a half away, but even then he might see me once every few months or so. And he's yeah. like, I miss you guys. My house is empty. And so like, it's it's funny, you know. Alex keeps telling me things like she wants to move out, and she's I've even helped her create a budget so she can see realistically what that looks like. Oh and, my God. and she can do it. Which and then I get all freaked out about it. I was like don't you want to stay home though for a few more years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> continue being my, continue being my child and we should probably mention for people listening to the podcast that my daughter's in, in the, the room, room as we talk about her. shaking her <laughs> head as i'm saying this well, but he, you know for me though my dad pushing me was actually a really good thing for me because it was either i went to western or i went to uw yeah. and uw i think i would have lost my identity i would have freaked out and Failed out of school because it's so big and it's so much. Mm. It's pretty intimidating um, university. Yeah, and then yeah. going, but going to Just Western, I was far enough away where I could take, I could be independent, but I was close enough to home where if I had an emergency, my dad was there. Oh right, right. So yeah, I mean, that yeah. was a really good compromise for me, mm. and it worked out. Yeah. Really well. <laughs> I don't think I'd have my master's degree if I was still trying to finish my bachelor's at at, at UW. I mm-hmm. mean, um, I was there for a training all last week and just navigating my way through the medical. Y- like chunk of UW took me about half an hour and I'm like, I would never have survived. Yeah. I yeah. would never had made it. Yeah. Holy crap. Um so I mean there's there's always there's always a little bit of give and take and yeah, I'm gonna be poor for the rest of my life. But you know, <laughs> I, I learned poor. a lot of really interesting things that I wouldn't have if I was on my own. Like my I like to co- t- compare myself to Stephanie my best friend, I mean, she was supported by her parents at Western the whole time. Like, she has no student loans. She mm. just got into graduate wow. school. Wow, how did that happen? No kidding. Dad is a Navy commander. <laughs> That's how it happened. Um, and saved up. But So she just applied Rich to graduate kid. school, yeah. and um, she's now starting to take out her loans. And I, I'm learning that a lot of the life bumps that I went through when I was 17, 18, 19 years old when I was on my own, mm-hmm. um, she's now just going through. And she's almost 30, and her coping skills are still developing. It's really, this is, like, she calls me sobbing sometimes. because She's like, I'm never going to make it. My loans don't cover everything. What do I do? And I'm like, breathe. <laughs> evaluate your credits, go talk to your financial aid office. You shouldn't need this. You should just do this. And it's like, yeah, you know, there's yeah. a, there were a lot of cool things. So there's, there's a lot of good and bad about leaving the nest early yeah. as long as, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the important thing is that you have that parent support through that transition, no matter what. Speaking of leaving the nest, when you said that you had the experience of leaving home and then having to move back, I did the yeah. same thing. I moved out with a guy who was a complete screw up and he, we ended up in a situation where our where the place we were renting uh, ended up getting the dreaded note from the landlord. You have five days to get out, or I'm locking the door. That you know, was he didn't want to pay his bills. Oh, he had like a drug problem and stuff. A whole thing I didn't even didn't even know about. Yeah, and I was like, it was like, uh, so I got all my stuff out like a few days before that happened. We ended up getting locked out. I had to move back to my dad's. But I, for me, that was l- seriously the most. 
depressing moment of my life. Like the first night, I was like, oh my God, I'm back in my house. I can't believe I did this. I can't mm-hmm. believe I moved out and now I'm back. Yeah. And I don't know what your experience was like, but for me, I, I always think back in, you know, in times in, in my life that are like the darkest or the worst parts, like the play, the times I would not want to go back to. And that was that period of time when I had to move back into my dad's house was just awful. Yeah. And it was like, ugh. I, I, I don't know if I ever got that. I always had really good support from my parents. Yeah, your parents I mean, not actually financial seem financial necessarily, but, you know, they were there for me. You know, yeah. so whatever. If you need to move back in, fine. Come on back. Your room's right there. Just... Put yeah, I was. I was saying all that and without. Then, thinking you know about what? It. Uh, we'll work on doing this. So you know, and 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 because of my dad, I learned about a lot about computers. Yeah, and I learned a lot about cable systems. And I, you know, it, it, my dad had lots of you know failed yeah. businesses. Um, <laughs> not necessarily failed. I mean, his 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 uh, um, cable companies. He basically had to eventually sell off, yeah. uh, just because it I, became too much for him. But I got, I got, I told my dad on the way out when I first moved out that I, I said, you know, I got to be honest with you, I can't stand living with you, and I'm so glad to be at, have you out of my life <laughs> and then There's having the to come back yeah i know and i Dumbass. remember i remember him walking into my room after i moved back and he says you know he goes that really hurt my feelings when you said that to me and he goes and uh he goes how's it feel to be back <laughs> i was like oh my god that i am yeah. um, we'll thanks dad i'm at rock bottom right now and you've just like stomped me hey, down a you stomped further. on him too <laughs> moving out oh he deserved it but, but i did probably but still <laughs> the interesting thing is that with my generation we're expected to have to move back with our parents because our degrees don't necessarily mean we're going to be successful anymore because yay economy um my dad after mm-hmm. i finished college he goes so you're moving when are you moving back home i'm like Moving back home, he's like, "Yeah, you know, we we still have your room. Uh, you know, if you just pay us rent, you know, you can start work." I'm like, "Can I bring my ferrets?" He goes, "Well, you might, you won't be able to bring your ferrets." I'm like, "Well, then I'm not moving back home. Well, then how are you going to support yourself? I'm going to work my ass off. I'm not coming back home." I, and I, I, I am one of the hand. I'm like, I'm. I think I'm. I'm in that small percentage of folks that just never went back home. I worked those four jobs a week. Like mm-hmm. I made. I've had two full time. Yeah, you know, you know how you could like, have, you know, he could have freaked him out as instead of ferrets. You should have said boyfriend. <laughs> Can I, bring I think my he'd boyfriend? be more open to me bringing home a boyfriend than he would ferrets. Oh, like, really? <laughs> we're I talking mean, about a guy that made uh, films. So yeah. <laughs> um, but right. no, it was it was he was like, well, everyone moves back after college. I mean, we got a room. I mean, it's reasonable rent. It's in Seattle. I'm like, yeah, but I've got, I've got. He just friends. wanted a second paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have. We just your rent just a little bit. I've got work. I need this rent. I've got ferrets, and I can rent a condo for the price of rent. Would you would charge me for a room? Yeah. So. And he wanted to charge you, though. I've always told my kids, too. I said, you know, you go out in life and try to make it on your own. You've always got free. You know, you can always retreat back to here for free. Yeah, yeah and no. that's what that's but for. But to charge. Well, for I, and, and as adults, you know, if my one of my children did that and came back, I would say, well, you can live here, but you got some, you know, there's the responsibilities that you didn't have as a kid. But I wouldn't charge. I don't think I would charge yeah. my I don't know. Rent. I think it really depends. I mean, if, if they're working towards something, that's one thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Dad. If they're going to university yeah. Oh, yeah, or yeah. They're, they're doing something that they're working towards. Yeah, dad That's said. one thing. If they're just have uh, the fucking job at Stuffer Shack and <laughs> fucking they're just going to that every day hey, smoking hey, hey, weed and playing video games. I worked at Stuff- Sorry, I'm charging your ass rent. I worked at Stuffer Shack. What's that comment supposed to be? <laughs> what is Stuffer well, Shack? It's a thing in Shadowrun. I've been reading oh, a way oh, too much Shadowrun oh, okay. and it's basically their version of like 7-Eleven <laughs> but it has like even more than that. Like AMPM, 7-Eleven and like it's Target. Target kind of thing. Yeah, it's like Walmart and 7-Eleven 
merged and made these small stores. And Is they it just stuff apostrophe R? Yeah, stuffer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, stuffer shack. But that's what my dad and I agreed on is that, you know, if I was going to school, I could live for free. But as soon as I am working, yeah. I oh, need yeah. to contribute yeah. to the monthly, the mortgage and the bills because, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. And my dad's expectation was, I'm going to treat you like an adult. Mm-hmm. And well. you're not allowed to be the child unless there's some dire, absolute need. I mean, and he's come and saved my ass a few times. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that was the deal was that I would, I would pay rent for my room and pay my part percentage of the food and bills and then just continue to exist. Yeah, I don't know about that, though. I mean, if somebody's having trouble getting things going in life, I don't know if you want to, like, impose too much on their finances. You know, well, you kind of want to let them build up some money. Well, well I think, that's the issue. I think your ultimate goal for doing that is for them to leave eventually and have that own life and have you know the support themselves and yada da da so i you know why would you uh, straddle them with ridiculous rent and with ridiculous this and yeah, yeah. having to pay for all this stuff when maybe they should do a little bit of that but you yeah. know if you want special food you go out and buy it yourself but we're going to buy this food and you know we're going to cook this food mm-hmm. if you don't like that food go buy your own goddamn food yeah i do that i, mean, there's I do that, that. I do that with my oldest it's, it's already. My, it's my dad's way yeah, of imposing me to learn independence was that I'm always on my own to take care of all of my things. Yeah. yeah. And my mom was the same way. You know, as she goes, as soon as you turn 23, I'm not paying for anything anymore. So I turned 23. She's like, I'm out. You're on your own. You've had practice. Take off the training wheels. Go for it. Yeah, there's okay. a point when that's going to have to happen. But I think, uh, especially with like university and things like that, depending on what they're going to do, they're eventually going to get to the point where they have to go out into the real world and get a job. And it's probably not going to be here in Bellingham or, or even necessarily close. It might be in you know San Francisco. It could be in Denver, Colorado. It yeah. could be anywhere you could get legal weed. So Yeah, there you go. That's the motivator. Uh, soon to be everywhere, pretty much. I mean, it seems to be going that way. Uh, it, it'll like be legalized him. probably in the next few years. Yeah. Most likely across Sad the board. I, you know, I, when I was in college, I wrote an article for the college newspaper. Thank God about, we did gay marriage first. I mean, that that's. I, I'm just kind of glad it went that way yeah. instead of like you know, oh, yeah. weed's legal, but don't get married, gay guys yeah, or gay that's, people. Well, know? I mean, that's <laughs> one like, is okay. A, at least we did this in the right way. The one right is direction. a one is a civil rights issue. The other is just a retarded argument over what's you know what drugs are dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that definitely should have been that should have been ages ago. That Which that mainlining coffee horribly dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um but <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Jeff. <laughs> I must not have woken up already Side yet cuz it took me a second for that. <laughs> but uh yeah. <laughs> Caffeine. So what uh what is this the Ninkasi? This is the uh Ninkasi Brewing Company's in Eugene. Yeah. Velocihopter. Velasa Hopter. Oh. Double India Pale Ale. It's really fucking good. It is so good. It not, is really not good. Get it mixed it with the almost tastes like a red. Yeah? I think it is a No, I, no, o- I almost India. grabbed a red, but I decided Velasa Hopter needed to be something because I love Jurassic Park and anything involving dinosaurs <laughs> is my favorite. Oh, my God. I still get teary when, you know, like the, the, the music swells when they see, do, they look over the land. Yeah, it's amazing. God, what a good fucking movie that is. <laughs> the rest of them are, yeah. but that that first one, <laughs> fucking genius. Well, I actually saw the the second one. The Lost World was on uh, really, A and E last night. It's that was actually surprising. You know what's funny is every time I see that movie, I, I go through the same thing 
which is where I look at it and I go, God, whoever directed this really got Steven Spielberg's style down. Like the same lighting stuff and all the same well, it was shots. A guy that had worked with him for years. For no, the, the no, new one or, no. or the lost The World? second movie was directed by a guy named Steven Spielberg. So that's why I have that. The second effect. one was? Yeah. I that's why was. I have that same reaction every time I go, oh, this is like wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg because it was the sequel. But It was. Wow, it looks oh. just like him. I thought... And it's like, Maybe wow, whoever did one. it. The third one was not. Yeah. The okay, first two was, was Spielberg. And then yeah. for the new one that just came out, Spielberg was one of the producers. He wasn't oh, the, okay. he wasn't yeah. the director, he but was, he, he, he had right. creative right. input to try to right. line it up. And With the brutality of that fucking and movie. It's so once again, I am, yeah. I am back to Joss Whedon and J.J. Abrams and about how they're doing such a good job in like revisiting these older films from the 90s, the 80s, and the 70s and bringing back the stylistic renditions of the original films to make it so nostalgic. Yeah. Uh, this Abrams has been a good year. actually pretty year. good about that. I really it's liked been a uh, really good year for um, movies. Super 8. Everyone hated Super 8. Oh, I thought I it was actually it. a pretty good movie. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Brandon made me turn it off. Mason and I watched it. It was a great homage to E.T. and all those kind oh, of movies like that. fantastic The Explorers, E.T., e. all those classic I, you 80s, know what? Flight of the Navigator. It had all of these kind of elements of it. I didn't very I didn't what? even catch any of that. I didn't even catch any of that. What Mason and I watched it together on a whim. Yeah. We just pulled it up and started watching it, and we both were just like sucked in immediately and watched it. What I loved about that movie is, as much as I'll Here's praise... a solid four. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. I'd, I'd give it a three, but that's me. You know what? <laughs> you can leave now. Get out. He's always going to be lower than us. As Mike called me way back He's at the beginning us. of the podcast, he called me the beer tard, which I think is <laughs> probably probably still accurate that, yeah, to this day. Beer tard. <laughs> I'll never forget that. We were drinking something by Melvin, and I said, and you guys were raving about it, and I said, nah, I'll give this about a two. He goes, <laughs> in Mike's exact quote, I can still hear it in my head. He goes, fuck. He goes, you are the fucking beer tard. <laughs> No, like, like, yeah, you like our new replacement right. for uh, Mike, uh, ben, yeah. uh, Matt Damon? <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> exactly. Matt Damon's going to be our next uh, uh, intern, Matt is what I think. Damon. Do you think Matt Damon will be as uh, forthcoming about things that have gone in and out of his ass as Mike has? Or Matt. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. But, you know. Or maybe he doesn't talk about Ben Affleck. <laughs> hey. <laughs> He's Batman now. By the way, I watched Batman v Superman. Yeah. It's fun. It's a really? fun fucking movie. That's Everyone's what I was about. Giving to, me yeah. terrible reviews about it. Yeah. Fucking uh, the, the um the nerd rage about this fucking movie is way over the fucking top. Yeah. It has just as many fucking loopholes and fucking ridiculousness as any of the Avenger films, okay. as yeah. any of the other yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, the chemistry between Lois Lane and Superman is kind of shoehorn. It's well, they really don't have a lot of chemistry. Well, that's the it's thing. Padman Anakin like. Did you know that in the comic books Lois Lane actually goes off and dates Bruce Wayne for a while? Oh, please no. It's I, a, no she doesn't a, need to be there. No, it's an actual thing. Like there there's I have the JLA collection and Lois Lane ends up breaking it off of Superman because it just wasn't working. She goes down to Gotham and she starts dating Bruce Wayne. And she has a very torrid affair with him and then comes but ends up missing Superman comes back to Metropolis and they get back together. And so I remember this this scene. Oh, very soap operatic. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very soap operatic. Like he's like Superman's thinking about Batman and about doing something together, and then he there's just a flashback of Lois Lane in his arms, like on a, on a, on a like a newspaper print, and I'm just like in a dark alley. Yeah, and it was, See, but I mean, like she's she's a, she's an Eskimo sister. This is oh, where what or Eskimo are there Eskimo brothers? I don't know. There's this weird. What the fuck is that? So there's this weird term I heard that an Eskimo brother are two guys that had, had sex with the same woman, and Eskimo sister had 
sex with two or two girls had sex with the same guy. <laughs> and they just like they just pass them around. I know this is really derogatory. Why? Yeah, I was gonna say, why is this kind of an Inuit thing? I don't know. I just remember hearing it one time when I was like, I think I was nineteen. Well, I, I was I was uh, gonna say this is where we really need Mike head. to be here to say <laughs> how come Batman Mike. and Superman can't just share Lois Lane? Mike. What's the problem with I these guys? I need you help me explain it's this awful term. Back to Broad City. It. It's about two women uh, in their uh, mid to late twenties, and they're in New York, and they're just it, fucking hilarious. Yeah. But <laughs> they they go out to this party. And they meet these two DJs, and they're like, oh, these guys are hot, they're awesome, we're going to go back to their place, and they go back to their place, and these guys keep trying to get them to do an orgy. It's fucking hilarious, and they're just not into it. They're like, no, what are you doing? And finally, at the end, one of the characters, she goes, man, we, we did miss our uh, uh, chance to do an Arc de Triomphe. <laughs> and the other character's like, what the fuck is that? So, but it, oh, <laughs> she yeah. describes it as fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Eiffel Tower, but more involved. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so at the end, she's like, so we would be making eye contact. Yeah, but really intense eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch the show. It's fucking awesome. But and on that note, I think it's possibly time for final Possibly, thoughts. but we're still on Batman v Superman. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Keep going with your, your Eskimo thing. Yeah. Your, so your I was, racist comments. It, was, it, it is really <laughs> awful, but I don't. That's, that's the only term I've ever heard relating to sharing partners aside of being just poly in a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. This is just like one night standing. Um, so I was with, I was friends with this girl who I'm no longer friends with for very good reasons who would go out to the club every night and take home some strange guy. And one time she took home a strange guy who passed her off to his friend. And then he passed her off to his friend. And then he passed her off to Oh, that sounds friend. illegal and it, well, damaging. It is damaging. Like this girl's really fucking messed up now. Um, she actually got knocked up at one point, so that was a huge mess. And then she told the guys that I was the one who was pregnant, so then I got someone a phone call. And, I mean, it was just really gross and messy, and I don't know how I ended up this in this. Like this sounds sort of like a weird sex ring This sounds thing. like a Maury yeah, but, Povich episode where they would be really doing is. blood tests to and see so that, And then that she used the term, she goes, they're Eskimo brothers. They just share me. And she, I'm like, why is that a thing? And But I've never heard someone ever like explain it to me or use different words. So every time I hear that, I'm like, that's, that's the term I think of. Hmm. Is Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Why would you that do that weird. to yourself? She goes, well, I mean, they're both great lays, and he's a great <laughs> lay, too. And I'm like, um, okay. Wow. This is... um. See, that this is where you need to figure out who has self-esteem and who doesn't. I was going to say, yeah, there, exactly. there's there's somewhere where you're, you have no power. <laughs> At some yeah. point, you have no, no this, this girl, worth in this relationship. This girl yeah. had me pick her up to go chase down the baby daddy of the group um, <laughs> a couple of times, and she would just, like, go completely nuts. I mean, she's had a, she ended up having to abort that one and then had another with another person she met online, and I guess they're back in Billingham having this hunky-dory life. She didn't know she was pregnant, though, I guess. So, I mean, it's I don't know. Her life is just chaotic, and yeah. I just stay away from it. This is yeah. one of those things where I just have to rest my forehead on the microphone for a bit because I don't even know how to respond to that. Who does that to themselves? Who does that to their life? Well, low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah low SO and, and, and somebody who's... 
you know, is searching for something and they're looking in the wrong place. Yeah. For whatever they're searching for. Looking for love in all, all the, the wrong places. places. Looking okay. for love in, with all the wrong faces. I hear the ending theme music. Anyway, I think you should go see Batman v Superman and all judge right. for yourself. I think Ben Affleck does an amazing job as Batman. Oh, good. He is the, uh, and I assume you've probably read the comics. I read them back in the day. I think I even own them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dark Knight stuff where he's older and grizzled and just, mm-hmm. he's fucking bitter. And he's playing it off perfectly. And I think that's one of the big problems that, um, uh, I don't know about comic book fans, but a lot of fans of the other movies are having a problem with, is like he is just full of rage and hate. Well, that's what and happens to Bruce Wayne. I exactly. Mean, There's even hit. a scene where he's in the Batcave, and he, 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 he walks... He's like going upstairs to his house, and he looks up, and there's Robin's outfit, and it's been spray painted on by the Joker, and it's obviously when Robin was killed. Yep. You know, and he just sits there and stares at it for a second, and then goes upstairs, well, and it's spoilers. just fucking amazing. If we remember, it's in the fucking if we remember about trailer. Batman Beyond, where we have the in the future dystopia where Bruce Wayne's this old hobbled man, and the yeah. new gen comes in. I mean, I I didn't get Teen Titans go. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the old Bruce Wayne Fucking is just sitting there and just bitching and ranting about how awful life is. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, he's angry. He's just mm-hmm. so angry. And mm-hmm. the the new Batman is just having, I mean, I never got to read the comic books. I always watched, I watched the show, though, religiously when I was a kid. And yeah. the new Batman's just like, why do you, why are you like this? What the hell happened to you? He goes, I was the knight. That's what happened to me. You will find out too soon. Yeah, it's that's like, pretty much how it is, and he pl- I think he plays it off really well. I think it's 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 really well done, and it's it just think of that as a two and a half hour setup for the uh, Justice Wonder League. Wonder Woman for Justice League. Yeah, Wonder Woman gets her own show, and she's amazing in this. It's probably one of the best characters okay, in the movie. So I'll give it. So I've heard nothing but bad and terrible reviews. So I'm gonna go check it out now. Go, yeah, judge for yourself. Don't go in with all your preconceptions. And you know what? It's like any other comic book movie, whether it's Constantine or <laughs> or the Avengers or I forgive Constantine. Uh, I don't, and I will never forgive Constantine. The show or the movie? The movie. Oh, I the show was, was awesome. So the, the movie, show was I, fantastic. so I was 15 when I saw the movie, so which is why I forgive it. My mind was more. Well, to here's the... the thing: if you watched that movie and had no concept of the comic, it's not a bad movie. The, it's not a bad movie, right? Yeah, but which if is you, how I started with until the Swinton as an angel is fucking perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in that movie. My only complaint, uh, if if I had seen it in that way without knowing the background of the character and, and where it came from and mm. all that, my only complaint about the movie is it's like. Does something supernatural have to happen in every freaking scene? Yes. Because that's like that's no. like my no, I, I just like well, fourteen year old, fifteen year old Bree says yes. Okay, yeah. but it was it's not a terrible movie on its own. If it was just if they just given the character a different name mm-hmm. and just not tried to connect it to that, story, it would have been fine. Yeah, it's kind of like the World War Z of of concept. But you can't take a really movies. complex, wonderful, great character from a comic book like that and dump it into something you know. Constantine's excellent adventure yeah. and, and turn it into it just becomes stupid. You know they're it's making a third Bill and Ted, right? <gasps> yes, I heard, heard about, about that. that. Yeah. I'm so excited. I know, me too. It's going to be hilarious. But, um, Alex Winter's fucking genius anyway. Yeah, but the TV show, Constantine, that is a damn shame that that show got canceled. I mean, that's just... I know, I really wish they would so bring it back. He's on Broadway right now doing a show and they will never really get that. Get they you will never get that. Again? What's that? Galaxy Quest 2 has been canceled. Because Alan Rickman passed away and no one can replace him. Well, there's also other oh, factors there. I was, was just listening to an interview with uh, Sam Rockwell. And yeah, they were supposed to be filming right now. But mm. uh, because that happened and uh, um, Tim the Toolman Taylor, uh, he has his own show. He can't 
He has other obligations. Fuck Tim Allen. We don't need Tim Allen. But he was the fucking star of the fucking movie, Brian. No, no, he wasn't. He was supposed to be the star of the fucking movie, and he did a great what's-his-face. Impression. Yeah, but no, he was really the side. I think the whole movie is the star of the fucking movie. Oh, my God, that's one of my favorite movies. It's a genius Absolutely. It's an amazing movie, and I think more people need to see it, and Sam Rockwell is awesome in it. So, so so funny. I don't know my own name! (laughs) 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 Fucking genius. (laughs) And it's funny because he he talks about that movie and he says, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be a serious actor. He had just gotten done doing The Green Mile. Mm -hmm. And he did not want to do another comedy. But somebody pushed him over the edge and said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll do it. He was supposed to do that or uh, some independent movie with uh, an actress. And I think he did both movies, but... Uh, but yeah, he he wanted to turn it down, and he said, "No, nah, I'm glad I didn't because it's an amazing movie and it was fun to do. The people I met were so awesome. Well, they so. had a great cast. I mean, they pulled some amazing. really huge A-listers for this supposed supposed to be B-rated film, and it ended up being one of the movies of my childhood. Like I think back, going, oh my god, that movie is when I think about my favorite movies, that's in my top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, the top five rotates depending on my mood, but it's always in there." Um, it was definitely a lot of like it it showed me it was actually what introduced me to Star Trek so I was kind of interested in Star Trek but I wasn't sure because my mom when I was little I was very scarred by by ne- um, the next gen because my mom would turn off my cartoons for next gen and I was very upset because it was always my favorite <laughs> fucking cartoon at the same time as Star Trek but Star Trek's better I didn't know that I was six um, but so as I was getting older and then Galaxy Quest came out, I was like, well, maybe Star Trek's not that bad. And so I started watching Star Trek right after that and I got hooked. The next gen? Yeah. I started with next gen and then I was like, yeah, of course. I get this. I understand this. This is hilarious. He's fully functional. Yes. Yes. So, hey, I have one, one, uh, something to ask you. I don't mean to derail the discussion, but, um, since you finally watched every Blade discussion Runner, we have is derailed. I know. <laughs> it's Blade just every discussion is a derailing waiting to happen. Um, so, since you finally watched Blade Runner, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, specifically because of your, you're part of a younger generation and you're a female, <laughs> there was a controversial scene in the middle of that film that a lot of people have had various interpretations of over the years. Some people call it a rape scene. Some people say it's not. I'm just sort of curious what your interpretation was of the scene where Deckard has Rachel in his apartment, you know, the part where she's playing the piano and then he wakes up and then she tries to leave and he slams the door and doesn't let her out. What's your interpretation of that? So this is, again, we're going back to Gerard Butler as a Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera, where you're like, this is not right, but they're so handsome. I go, oh my God. <laughs> so in the 80s, um, if I want to look at this educationally, in the 80s, there was this uh, male stereotype where you had to be strong and show that you are serious and manly. And it's also very common in noir films. Yeah, like Duck Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. Oh, um, let's I lose the, believe, the southern hickness. But like I said, I'm on a oh, delay Jesus. here, and I didn't quite follow. I agreed with you before I realized what you said. <laughs> I was the best uh, part. Uh, you uh, both uh, went yes. Yeah, yeah. Wait. <laughs> well, because she's trying to tell you to shut up so she can talk. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I've noticed in, the, in a lot of the old '80s films, older '80s films. Excuse me, sorry, Ben. Um, but like Indiana Jones was the same way, Han Solo was the same way, right. there were, James Bond was the same way. That that was an era where men had to be firm, but nurturing and caring. But they had to show that they were serious and manly. And I'm gonna slam oh, doors. Okay. And where it, it's it's kind of like debating the song. Um, 
this, this, the Christmas song, Baby It's Cold Outside. I really can't stay. Baby, baby it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside. You're like, it's, yeah. it's Which a, is a it's, great fucking song. It's a good, and great I still love song. It. It's a little rapey, but it's, it's fucking It's a little rapey, awesome. though. But, you know, if you actually watch the original <laughs> movie clip of it, it switches gender roles halfway through. And so you're like, oh, it's just gender and gen- it's just people in general. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's people that, want to fuck and alcohol helps that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so but it's, it's in that same line where, you know, it's also locking the door. <laughs> there's this huge movement for about consent and recognizing consent and just, you know, giving yeah, it the same go. Yeah. So cult- which unfortunately is really recent. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been long ago. It should so have been about 500 years it's, ago, it's, it's, maybe even more. It's <laughs> very controlling. Yeah. Um, back in the 80s, that was acceptable, though. Right. Um, it shouldn't be accepted now, and you shouldn't be locking women in rooms to try to have sex with them. If they say no, the answer is no, and you let her go. Mm-hmm. Even if they're robots. Even men. Men, too. <laughs> Even if they're robots, men, women, pigs. If they well, say no, you let them go. She's not a robot. She's a... a what is pig for no? A, an artificially <laughs> created human being. Right on. So my, my interpretation no, of that no. scene has always been... That and I didn't react. I mean, as a as a kid in the eighties, I didn't really react to that as a rape scene. I mean, I didn't see that and go, "Oh my god, he's such a such a jerk." What I what the, my interpretation of that scene was, she has just found out that she's not real and that all of her memories are fake. And so for me, I always saw that as her. And it's a huge theme in eighties movies, by the way. Like yeah. the woman be- realizes something and becomes depressed and whatever. The only thing that makes her feel oh. better vulnerable. is fucking the hero. Okay, I won't. I won't argue. That's with, a huge I fucking won't, theme. I won't argue with that trope because I know that exists. It's fucking but ridiculous. The, but uh, the thing that I, it, at least as far as that movie goes, I always felt like that was her having. It wasn't a rape scene. It was more of a she's having this dramatic moment of oh my god, I'm not who I think I am. And, and he is basically saying to her, "But regardless, I'm I'm falling in love with you." And so it's like the it's not a rape; it's more of a stay here because this is you need to let this happen and you need to like start making your well, own like and, memories in and life. It, and to meet you halfway there, like I've definitely done something dramatic to get Brandon's attention. Like sometimes when we're not like meeting eye to eye, or he's in his head and just kind of going off on his weird little tangents. I like slam a door or I make a big statement or I wave my arms really huge and it gets his attention <laughs> and, it, and it but it breaks his train of thought. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to break it down like it prob it it breaks her train of thought um cuz you know she's obviously attracted to him in the beginning of the film. Um and so it redirects the situation to oh my god my life is a mess to having sex which sex does make things better but at the same time it's like you know, maybe just letting her process her feelings a little bit. Um, it's the 80s. There was no processing. No, it was, it was the 80s. It's a, it's a very <laughs> that was 80s before we cliche. started processing. And I can guarantee you that if it, this movie was filmed and shot today, that yeah. scene would not have been included. Yeah. And it would not have been okay. It would have been a very different scene had they. Yep. They would. Yeah, they, I think they would include that because it's an essential. They might part have of switched her. the genders. Yeah. It well, might have been her slamming the door. It, it, but it, it's an essential part of her character development. That 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 part, at least, you know, accepting Absolutely. that she's not who she was. And yeah. Here's here I am a human being. But I mean, sex so probably wouldn't have been a part of it though. Pro- maybe not. Well, but, probably not. Um, maybe beforehand. Yeah. But yeah. But they, uh, I, I've found discussion forums online where people are just like denouncing. I read, I read terrible film. I won't watch it again. I'm so angry at this film. It's like, oh my god, please stop judging shit from earlier eras or every receiving everything. That's like not watching black and white movies because it has like like stereotypes and things like that. There's still actually some really brilliant films out there and and you should watch them. I actually run into this with Disney films with my friends. I have friends with with small children who won't let their kids watch Disney films because they're racist, they're sexist, misogynistic, Mm. you name it. Song of the South? You're not going to let your kid watch that? (laughs) 
But you know, well, and Brandon and I Disney have had this baby. Disney won't even let you watch that anymore. They don't <laughs> put it out anymore. I mean, so Brandon and I you had this conversation because when yeah. we were pregnant before I miscarried, like we were talking about like how are we going to be parents? What what are we going to do? These are actual issues that we want to think about. And yeah. you know, it's, it's I, I love Natural Disney. I lo- I love Disney. I, I grew up with Disney. I want yeah. my kids to share that with me. But you know, I also think it's the 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 important part is that as a parent that you teach your child that this is, we don't behave this way. This was acceptable. You know, mm-hmm. Dumbo was acceptable in, you know, the 60s and earlier. But Ain't to, never seen an elephant fly. Yeah, see? <laughs> Jim Crow, literally. <laughs> but, I mean, that was acceptable because yeah. that was the yeah. culture and that we've evolved since then. And uh, when I was a kid, hands down, my favorite fucking characters in the whole goddamn movie. The whole movie's just boring as hell, and those guys are awesome. Oh, yeah, They sing yeah. a great song. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they're just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, the, it's the best part of the movie. And I don't think you should fault the fucking movie for that. It is a really well, good scene. It is know, a really good song. And there's a... We, I don't know if we should necessarily assume that the people who made that film were ignorant of it. Maybe they were making a subtle comment about, you know, maybe they were doing who that knows? on purpose. Who knows? Who knows? It, yeah. But th- it was a different world back then. I mean, we look at how James Bond has evolved. I mean, he literally hits women in his earlier films. Sean Connery hits fucking women. Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's not okay. But at the same time, back well, culturally, I mean, that was but what... But if they... If they Talk back to you. You gotta do something. I mean, you can't. Oh my god, Rick! I'm going to beat you, silly. (laughs) Anyways, rolling. Morning, Penny. But I mean, that's that's how you again. That's one of those teachable moments where back in the 50s that that was the appropriate culture, but we've changed since then and recognized that women are equal to men. Mm -hmm, And so that's you know when we're just again. 50 years too late. Yeah. and 5,000 <laughs> years too late. <laughs> but when we're looking at older films like Blade Runner, and I mean, Blade Runner's only, what, 30 years old? Not even? I yeah. don't know. But, um, too. Wow. Um, but, I mean, yeah. films older than that, like I mean, they're, they're classics for a reason because they're defining moments in cinematic history. And as long as when we're watching it with the next generation that we're explaining and we're teaching and we're showing and we're making them more culturally aware – it shouldn't matter because we accept that that's a, that's a static point in time. Mm-hmm. We were not seeing Jim Crow characters currently unless they're in some kind of slavery documentary, re- Civil War documentary. Like, I mean, if or, we're re- or it's being done to make a point against that. You know, you'll get people doing it ironically, too. So it's, it's um, yeah. Well, look it's at, look at uh, Django Unchained. Unchained. Was yeah. that my first oh, thought? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I thought it was, of course, it's over the top in, in, in Quentin. Tarantino. But, uh, yeah. The QT. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's it was really well done, but it still had those elements, yeah. like the master and, and, and all that stuff. But that was the kind of the point. It was a satirical yeah, yeah, yeah. approach to mm-hmm. a yeah. very tense time in our history, and you know we can't just bury that history and ignore it. Just because it. it offends people, yeah, um, yeah. But we need to embrace it as this is part of our culture, this is part of our past, and look how far we've come now. Yeah. I mean, and then, then it, 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 I think it makes today's um, issues more relevant of. This is who we were 50 years ago. This is who we are now. I mean, yes, there's been progress, but if we're so culturally aware now, why aren't women getting paid the same amount? Why is there a racist stereotype still like controlling our socioeconomic culture? Like, because all of that is very slow to change, and that is a yeah. huge topic that maybe we can pick up on the next. Yes. episode. with Comic Con, so. <laughs> absolutely. So. And uh, well, so. final thoughts. Comic Con was so great. I was so happy. I, uh, if I had known you guys were going, I probably would have bought tickets for the same day. It would have been fun to go with you. Next guys. year. Next I always year. go on Saturday. Right. Okay. Saturday. Well, I'll just plan Emerald on. City Comic Con, where I can spend hundreds of dollars and get a picture. 
Yeah, one of my uh, minions actually got a four day pass. He got the special edition like five hundred dollar pass. Yeah, no, fuck that noise. I'm paying forty bucks for my ticket, and yeah. calling it good. <laughs> I was say, my uh-uh. final thoughts are: I think Daryl's the one who gets taken out in the TV show. Right on. I'm going right to go on. on record saying I think. My final thoughts: Watch Broad City. Broad City. It's on Hulu. It may be on Netflix. It's, on uh, my it's a Comedy list. Central show, um, so they do a lot of pixelating and beeping, but. <laughs> It's hands down probably one of the best comedies I've seen in God knows how long. Ooh, yeah. and awesome. It is funny. It's written by the two women that star in it, and they perform it perfectly. They are amazing women. Mm-hmm. You just got to see it. It's hilarious. Yeah. I also want to shout out that Ninkasi should continue to make beers that are named after dinosaurs because they are the best. Oh, yeah, though. This was a solid fucking four. Four for delicious. me. Delicious. Yeah. And, yeah, of hop- course, two right. over here. I give it a three. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Beer charred. Wow. Talk about, uh, yeah. Fuck it. Good night, Dave. Good night, Dave. Night, Dave. This episode was brought to you by Stuffer Shack. The special of the month is two donkey shows for 20 bucks. Get yours while supplies last. Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Swatman, Rick Anderson, and Bree Edwards. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us at BeerPlus3 at gmail.com. Good night, Dave. Oh my god, and my favorite cosplay of the day. Um, well, there's a lot of really great ones, but the one that sticks in my mind the most was episode seven, Han Solo with Kylo Ren's sword sticking in and out. Oh. And he's just walking around this lightsaber through his gut. And I, I look at him and I go, awesome. I go, too soon. And he's like, not a spoiler though. I'm like, no, but still, it hurts me inside. It's like my mom hitting me when he died. Yeah. Wouldn't you tell me? <laughs> Smacking me. It's funny. Are we doing one or two podcasts oh, today? Oh, I thought we were doing two podcasts. Oh, oh, oh. No, let's just do one. I was going to um, talk to you guys about that afterward, too. Um, we can. I'd love <laughs> to switch back to doing the weekly um, if you guys are out for it. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, we're paying attention. <laughs> I feel like now I know what it's like to be a grade school teacher. <laughs> so I'm up in front of the class trying to talk. And I'm getting. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waking up. I'm gonna go out in the hallway and I've cry. I've woken up. Oh, watching Fan of the Opera last night. It's about a. St- I love that story. <laughs> Shut up. But you know, I keep forgetting that the Phantom has this weird. Like there's a, this, there's an electric complex, and then there is Stockholm syndrome, and there's pedophilia in it. <laughs> but the Phantom's played by a very young and handsome Gerard Butler, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel because this is creepy. But it's Gerard Butler, and I really just want him in my pants right now. Oh my <laughs> god, he can smother me all he wants like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope, nope, this is bad. This is very bad, bad Brie. Mm-mm. I have never seen Phantom of the Opera. Really? I've never. I don't even know anything about it other than the guy. I haven't seen it since mask. I was in high school. Yeah.
But I'm not a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber fan either. Yeah, I don't like any of his, anything I've ever heard by him. I don't like. I mean, we all know like six songs of his, but <laughs> you know, because you just have to by existing during this time and era. Pretty but, much, pretty much. Well, I'm sure there are songs of his that I know too that I don't realize <laughs> yeah. are his. Oh, yeah. it's, um, it's like Cher, ubiquitous. I really like the Phantom of the Opera is really good. Cher. I think I love musicals. Yeah, I love 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 musicals, and it's it's. It's a really, it's, the musical itself is really good at touching on very hard and racy and disturbing subjects in a mm-hmm. manner that is still pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based off of a book. So technically, he didn't, he didn't actually write it. It was written in 1910 in France. Yeah. And yeah, it's an older story. Yeah, I mean, the story's it, been repeated so many times. I mean, it, no. even they even did it on, uh, what, uh, oh, several times probably on Scooby-Doo. So. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Underneath the mask. <gasps> Um, oh, oh! Does the, the Phantom of the Opera end with ripping off the mask and no. it's Old Man Hendrix and? No, they rip off his mask a couple. It of wasn't times. for you meddling kids and that damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> the Phantom of the Haunted Carnival. <laughs> yeah, but um, the movie. There's a movie that was released in 2004 yeah. with um, Gerard Butler <coughs> and Emmy. I can't remember her name. She was in Misty River mm-hmm. or Mystic River, and um, it was actually really good. It follows the the Broadway play. Um, almost word for word, mm-hmm. but they actually have actors in there that can sing and can dance and can do shit, and you're like, this is actually hmm. really, really good. Yeah. And of course, there's also like you know the '80s anthem that gets snuck in there because it was written in 1986. So suddenly, yep. And being. Being a, a drama geek in, in high school didn't help that, of course, I'm going to know some of this stuff, too. So. Yeah. See, I, um, and probably perform some of it as well. I'm, I'm well aware of that song, and I fucking hate it. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> any of his stuff. I like oh, Lindsay God. Sterling's rendition of it. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Lindsay she's Sterling, she's uh, the violinist who was on... Uh, yeah. She's a YouTube star, and then she went on America's Got Talent and won. She's a, she's a classical violinist who plays against electronica music. And so now she's writing her own compositions, but she does this really cool like rock and classic um, classical com- composition of the fan of the opera. That's actually what got Brian and I onto it. Oh, here it is! It's actually loaded on my YouTube. She does all kinds of stuff though. It's um, yeah. Alex actually got me into she's her. She's really fucking amazing. We gotta yeah. watch this. The reason really the reason I know the song really well is is because of uh, me first in the Gimme Gimme's. Uh, oh, oh! Have you heard of them? <laughs> I've heard of them. I oh, haven't yeah, heard I know her. Song. And then it gets really badass, like she rock did and roll. Skyrim. She did a bunch of different yeah. stuff. She has a lot of cool stuff now. Yeah. She did like quite a few video game ones. Ah, uh, goosebumps. She's so good. <laughs> but I love how she it goes switch. It switches from like her classical compositions to the heavy rock, and then back yeah. in progressive rock, and then back into classical, and then back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. my mind yeah yeah see it should have been a rock opera violins have gotten Mm. so cool though she's made them cool again and I'm really excited because I was I'm a classically trained musician and so um, you know there was a period of time where you had the classical instruments in popular music and then it just kind of got phased out into the yeah. 80s yeah. and so seeing that 
seeing a violin come out and be really super yeah. cool again is making me excited to see what yeah that's what, what was, where music can possibly go. That's what was striking to me about it when Alex, the first time I ever heard about her was because Alex discovered her on on YouTube and you know showed me a few of her videos and that's what struck me about it was um she's completely treating the instrument like it's not a stodgy mm-hmm. you know classical piece of she's treating it like um like the guys in Metallica would treat a guitar or something mm-hmm. you know she's like out there just making it do her bidding. In yeah. a way that I, you know, I, I'm sure there are probably other people out there like that. I don't exactly follow violinists, but it's. Here's the one I know. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I've never heard this. This is on the album, uh, Me First and Jimmy's Gimme the Bar of Drag. Yeah. It's all shows you. These guys are yeah. great. I love these guys. They're awesome. I have love you ever, me first in the Gimme Gimme's. Have you ever heard them, Brie? Have you ever heard of them? No, I haven't. But I they really do. Like oh my god, they I'm do. Really excited it's, about that. It's a punk cover band, is really yeah. what it is, and that's and all they, they cover do. Everything. The um, this one, this is probably one of their best albums. One of my favorites. It's yeah. Me first in the Gimme Gimme's or a drag. I have it. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, a little country. Me first in the Gimme Gimme's or a little yeah. country. They do all country songs. I've heard of that one. And no. uh, there's uh, several albums where they just kind of do classic rock and roll. They uh, their renditions of uh, a lot of like Neil Diamond and stuff are freaking awesome. That's, and it's crazy how they can take a song that you might be indifferent to or hate, like mm-hmm. from, a lot of them from the '80s. It's amazing, yeah. like stuff that came in the '80s that I just absolutely loathed. Like um, uh, Sinead O'Connor's "Nothing Compares to You," I <laughs> fucking hated that song. They do a brilliant a cover awesome of. Cover of it. I spent like a week in the car. Every time I got in the car, I was like, I had to pull that up yeah, and listen to it. I was like, I had to listen to I it. It was just stuck in my head. There are definitely some they covers that. that just make me love the song even more. Like I can't listen yeah. to the original. I have to force myself to listen to the original. But the covers are just yeah, yeah. All right. Oh fuck. Let's do this. I don't have it written down. <laughs> Maybe I should. Welcome do this. to Beer Plus Three, where we uh, solve the world's problem <laughs> one beer, beer at a time. <laughs> I'll let you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scary, isn't it? I've done it a couple times. Not fun. <laughs>